This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We are following up on a recent segment where defense lawyer Ari Goldkind charged that many violent criminals are being let go because of COVID-19. Take a listen. I'm not talking about non-violent people, but violent young men have been released back into the community. And I think right now when everybody should be safe at home and knowing that our government is working for us, I can tell you from the inside, while I get many of these people out, and I'll do it today, I'm doing it again later today, I'll do it tomorrow, I just think there's not enough public debate about it. Okay, well, the judiciary, of course, is independent, so the government can't weigh in on these decisions. And in a moment, I'm going to welcome Ontario Attorney General Doug Downey, but... I would have expected the government to be forthcoming about the numbers of this. And here's what we dug up. I saw a published report from the beginning of April that said 2,300 prisoners in Ontario had been released. When we went back to the Attorney General for an updated number, they sent us to the Solicitor General. The Solicitor General responded with a, a, a piece of information from the beginning of March, which says that 39 prisoners had been released. Uh, so... I'm not too happy about that. But with that, Attorney General Doug Downey, thanks for joining us. Not glad to be here, Libby. Okay, so first of all, let's let's get to the numbers of prisoners that have been released because of COVID-19. Do you know the number? Well, I can tell you that I do not have a specific number for you, but I can tell you that there is no question uh, we're having a review of of those who are coming before the bail and remand system. It's it's critical that everybody does their job. Uh, and there's no question, as we go through this, that the, the Crown attorneys are doing their job. The foundational principles of bail release haven't been changed. The integrity of the system hasn't hasn't been changed. Um, and and when it, things like gun crimes, uh, the prosecutors must seek detention uh, for, for firearm offenses. So we're, we're seeing the system uh, continue to operate in, in the way that it was, and as you know, the judges and, and justice of the peace, they, they consider a number of factors. They, they look at the public safety, the accused, the victim. Uh, none of those things have changed either. What has changed is how we're doing bail and remand. Now, for those in custody, we were targeting to get about 80% of the hearings done virtually. We're now doing 100%. And that happens almost overnight. Okay, let let me uh, let me just weigh in here with it. So, according to Mr. Goldkind, he said that the people who are being released are violent criminals, gun offenses, uh, uh, domestic abuse, child abuse, and what he what he called, you know, just under the surface of, of first degree murder. Uh, and the judges have cited, in addition to other things, they're saying it's dangerous for them to go in uh, to these congregate settings. One of them quoted the prime minister saying he was concerned as a justification. Now, I, I, I know that you cannot comment on these decisions, but does this 
concern you that we have violent criminals who are being released? And uh, what Mr. Goldkind also said is that these are mostly very young people who are at low risk. Well, you're asking me whether I'm concerned about something that I'm not sure is, is, is accurate. But what I can tell you is that we know there's nothing more important than, than people feeling safe and, and the health and well-being of Ontarians. Uh, our justice partners are working very hard to, to do the, the bail and remand hearings, uh, but they're doing them on the same principles. They're, they're looking at the victims, they're looking at the public safety, they're looking at the accused, they're looking at the kind of crime. And, and like I say, we have not moved one inch on making sure that prosecutors must seek detention for firearm offenses. So I'm, I'm a little surprised that, that the uh, suggestion uh, that that type of thing has changed. It has not. That stuff has not changed. Well, the prosecutors may be asking for it, but they're not getting it. And, and here's something uh, that I've heard about these virtual bail hearings and, and from people who are prosecutors as well. And that is that they're happening on the phone. They're not even happening by video. And when they're happening on the phone, they, the judges cannot take into account things that they normally take into account, like body language and demeanor and all of those things. And so uh, the charge, again, and that is from Mr. Goldkind, is that people who would never be released on bail are now getting released on bail and it's partly because of or mostly because of covid and because of the way these bail hearings are happening well in in every in every case the judge or the justice looks at at a number of factors and uh, some are happening by phone some are happening by by video um if the if the presiding officer is concerned about uh that there's not enough information, they're not getting the appropriate information, they will, they will deal with that. And, and similarly, if the, if the Crown or the defense feels that, that not adequate information is being conveyed, they will raise it. Uh, there's, the standards of the system have not changed, and, and people can rest assured that people are all doing their jobs. Uh, but still, uh, for instance, in the South Detention Center, the, the prison population is down by 30%. So w- what do you say to people who are concerned that a lot of people who would not otherwise be released are being released? What I would say to people is that we are maintaining the safety of our communities. We're, the whole network of justice partners is engaged in this, and, and we're engaged in it on a daily basis. Um, we, we moved quickly to, to make sure that the bail hearings were happening uh, and that they were happening remotely. We also moved quickly to make sure that, that the integrity of the system wasn't compromised. And you think so, that a, a phone bail hearing is good enough? I think, depending on the circumstances, which a justice or, or a justice of the peace is in the best position to, to evaluate, uh, I think a, a phone hearing can be, can be adequate. Uh, now, in terms of the numbers, why can't we get updated numbers of how many prisoners have been released? Unfortunately, that's you were you were uh, sent over to the Solicitor General's office last time. They're, the Solicitor General is responsible for for correctional services, and so they they would have those numbers. But they send us back to you. They gave me a number of thirty nine from March. <laughs> well, I, I I don't know I don't know what you got or what you're looking at. I can't. You know, I can't speculate on that, of course, but 
Um, I'm just saying, clearly, my department is dealing with the prosecutors, uh, the judiciary, the justice of the peace, uh, and the Solicitor General's department deals with the enforcement and with the correctional services. Uh, what about the delays? Uh, we Trials have basically been delayed. How are you going to catch up on this enormous backlog? Again, we're constant conversation every single day uh, with, with our justice partners to create ways that we can we can deal with uh, with the pending backlog. Everybody's aware of it. We, we know that it's there. We know what the challenges are. And so we're coming up with, with some solutions for that. Why is the justice system so slow to adopt technology to help you with this? Uh, is it a privacy issue or what? Oh, I, the justice system has evolved 25 years and 25 days. I can tell you when, when we first started this, and I was doing modernization efforts back in the fall, um, which have now come to come to be. The, the justice partners have been phenomenal during this process to engage new technologies, new ways of doing things. We've broken down barriers. I'll give you one example. In, in terms of witnessing wills, in, in, it's been the same way for 600 years. 600 years has been the same way. And we changed it so that people can witness wills virtually. And we did that within about 10 days. So people are open to change. They're open to a better way. We want more access to justice. We want more transparency. And, and we want more... Uh, more more things moving faster. Okay, anything you'd like to leave us with? Just that, you know, I know people are are digging in and, and making sacrifices and, and helping us get through this process, and I, I really do appreciate that. Um, the, the modernization of, of the court system is, is one area that, that the public will ultimately benefit from. Okay, Attorney General Doug Downey, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks a lot, Libby. Okay, yeah. bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.